Canaanites. I don't. I, I'm just gonna start every week like that because I don't know how else to start it. But I am. I'm excited. I don't know about you, Bank. Oh my Me? goodness! I, no, I'm on the edge of my seat. I've been waiting a long time for this one, Nikki. Oh yeah. Well, before we get into into the main topic here, yeah. I just wanted. I wanted to bring up a couple things couple ground rules well you know just a couple things that have current events I'm bullshit guy we know that yep yep we haven't abandoned that premise nope we haven't no I think I think we've been pretty good I think we've pretty much almost maybe called out bullshit on everything so far I didn't call bullshit well, like maybe maybe half halfway <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. No, no, no. I wanted to talk about The Last of Us really quick. Oh. Yeah, the the yeah. the new uh, uh HBO Max or HBO show, right? Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen it yet, but I've seen adverts. Dude, you I'm telling you right now, man. I'm telling you, dude. You got to get off your ass and you got to watch this show. Man, it is nuts. It is crazy. I tell you, I really like Pedro Paxel. He's cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he... Joel. He plays Joel. He's, like, the main character. Joel. Uh, yeah, Joel. Joel. Yeah, he seems like a real... um, A real hard-ass, right? Is it post-apocalyptic? Yeah, man. Like, so... Like, cordyceps. You know, like, the fungi. Yeah. Fung, fungi. Oh, yeah. That that infect ants, man. It like it's it's mutated and it's jumped to humans and it's just like, you know, demolished. Everything's fucked. Fucked. Yeah, everything's fucked. Oh man. And the cool thing is, like I'm a, I I've been playing The Last of Us every year since it came out in 2013. I've been playing this game every year, at least once a year. Um, so this TV show is just uh, is just right up your alley. Yeah, dude. But the cool thing is the show. Yeah. Um, it's totally different than. Sorry, I just got a weird text message, but I think it's garbage. This is. Um, it might be Domino's. Yeah. No, it wasn't Domino's. Somebody tried calling from to Domino's from from your phone a little while ago, and it was I was confused. I don't know if, if they're gonna get back to you or not. No, it wasn't Domino's. I got it was a weird text. It was like your last fifteen hundred dollars stimulus check from twenty twenty two hasn't been received. Go here to have it mailed by January thirtieth. Oh. They gave me like this weird link thing, but I'm pretty sure it's like some sort of scam. No, dude, yeah. you you should definitely click that. <laughs> I don't tempt me, alright? No, I'm kidding. Okay, but The Last of Us, dude. So I love the game. I play it every year. The TV show, they like 
it's different. It's totally different than the game. Like they've changed a lot of things around. It's still The Last of Us that I love. Wait, can you control what he does? What? On the TV show, can you control what Joel does? Oh yeah, man. You plug your controller right into like your Roku. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And everybody who's watching has to watch what you do? Yeah. What? <laughs> That's bonkers. No, but like they changed the story around a little bit, you know, so it's different than the game. But I like all the changes. There's one change that they made in the two episodes that they've got on right now that I was kind of iffy about. Here we go. Here we go. It, but, you know, it was just like a, like a simple thing that happened at the end of the... End of the second seat episode. Nope, when no the game, it happens differently. No spoilers. I won't. I'm not spoiling it. I'm just saying it's different. Well, you know, and I know that they, they, you know, in the game, Joel's like he's he's a white American and everything. And yeah. they kind of switched that up with Pedro. But yeah. he's, he's good. He's like, I I ain't got, you know. He can pass, for, he can pass for white, that Pedro Paxel. <laughs> no, but I mean. My like, America, he does. He's uh, he's good. It's everything's good, dude. You gotta watch the show. It's fucking great. That like, was actually a very woke thing of me to say. <laughs> and I was listening, dude. And check this out. And I was listening to critic reviews, and they say that episode three, which comes on this Sunday night, might be the greatest episode of TV to ever air. What? Like, yeah. So check it out. Trying to learn the song. No, I don't know it. All right, well, that, that was. I just wanted to bring that up. Well, let's let's introduce us uh, ourselves, man. This is. Uh, I'm talking over here with you. Know him? You love him? He's the pilot that flies his goddamn piece of shit. His name, Nicholas. Billiards. What's up, Nick? How's it going, man? Oh. Welcome. Yeah, yeah, that's me. That's me. He's calling in remote, ladies and gentlemen. You probably tell the difference in our voice timber. And that's because he's coming in hot from Chester. And I'm over here in Jamaica at Lonely Highway Studio. And you know who I am. Bank Roberts, bitch. Nice. That's right. Bank. Bank it. Banking it, dude. That's my new catchphrase. What are you doing? Oh, banking it. Bruh. Yeah. No, I'm not going to. I'm never going to say that. And I guess there was actually one other thing I wanted to say. Go. And I don't know if we have to be worried about this or not. Oh, shit. But I read a news article, dude, that the Earth's core stopped spinning. Fuck, really? Yeah. You know what's really weird, man? What? When did this happen? Like, I don't... You know, I should have I should have kept the fucking article, but I didn't. Was it like today it though? Like, no, just like recently. Yeah. Like they've been doing studies and tests, and they're like, "Oh my god, it stopped spinning." So, some point in the recent history here, you know, maybe the past few years. Oh, years. Yeah, like oh, it's already we... stopped, man. It stopped already. I thought we were talking like days, maybe. No, so they're like they built this ship, you know. And they're going to, like, drill through the Earth with this nuclear bomb. Oh, great. They're going to try to jumpstart it. Fuck. You know, that sounds like a terrible idea. You know what else? 
it also sounds like a terrible movie. Ah, you got me, you. <laughs> you freaking nailed me, you scumbag. Oh. No, but okay. I feel like all a right, fool. All right. That's it. That's all I that's all I had to say. I was hoping that you were not jo joking around because I feel like in the last like actually well no, it was just this morning and what I was going to say is on my way to work, on my commute, I was listening to my mix and all the songs kind of went along with a similar theme. Is that the end of the world? No, it was just kind of like, I don't even remember really. It was like change kind of, I don't know, it was fun. Anyway, it's not that important, but I was like, whoa, if the course stopped today, that's probably why my 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 iPod was no. playing this song. No, this was... This would have been a while ago. But it said it, it's nothing to worry about. I guess they like, they think that it's natural, actually, and that they're going to, the the, mag, the poles are going to start switching soon here. I thought that already happened, too. I don't know. Pretty sure. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it did. But, uh, but you know what? You know what I got? What? I got a listener story. Oh! Yeah. That's awesome. I love listener stories because I love listeners, honestly. And it goes with the theme of today's topic. <gasps> what is today's topic, Nicholas? Fay folk. Fairies. Fay folk? The fay folk. Wow. I'm so happy that you're broaching this topic. I love... I mean, we've said it before. We love the fay folk. Yeah. It really is maybe one of my most favorite topics. Me too. So, I shall jump into this story here. Uh, it looks quite long, but it's not that long. So, I'm going to read it, and I'm going to read it like a pro. All right. Sell it, man. I want to hear this uh, listener's vision. All right. So, this comes from a girl named... Her name's Alice. I'm just, we're just going to call her uh, Alice R. I got permission... To use the story and to use her name, but we're just going to call her Alice R. Um, let's get into it. Oh, and this happened right here in Vermont. So. All right. <clears throat> Listen to that vibrato, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, little Jimmy's running out here. What's up, little Jim? Stop. I think it's in mom's closet. Go. Where's your jacket? Put your jacket on. No. All right, he's gone. He's going. He's going. And he's gone. Tell little Jimmy, I said, "What's up, man?" He's gone already. Bye, little Jimmy. Bye, little Jimmy. All right. Here, here's the story. Here's the story. You ready? Hit me, man. All right. I gotta stop saying this man. Happened, this happened in the fall of 1999. My mom and stepdad uh, built a home in the woods of Fairfax, Vermont that summer. And it was our first fall. We lived in St. Albans Town before, before that. And we never had so much land to explore. The woods were so fun. There was an old sugar... An old sugar bush road, which I'm, I'm assuming that means like, you know, like an old uh, class four road 
that goes back in, into the woods. So there was an old sugar bush road that went from our small backyard way up into the woods. We were allowed to go up there at any time we wanted. Myself and my younger sister and stepbrother decided to head up the Sugarbush Road on a crisp fall morning, probably a Saturday or Sunday. You're distracting me with your your beautiful music. Don't pay any attention to that, man. I'm just trying to li- give a little um, back <laughs> backdrop, pastoral, you know. Okay. Uh, it was overcast. We used to we used to walk quite a ways back into the woods, and there was a giant rock that we used to climb climb up on and sit. For some reason, we never went further than that rock. We never talked about why, and it wasn't like we were told by our parents to stop there. But for some reason, it was about as far as any of us felt comfortable going. It felt like there was an invisible barrier between our side of the rock and the other side of the rock. What are those? My sister asked, pointing to something she was seeing maybe 30 feet away or so. She was being serious and seemed kind of nervous. My stepbrother instantly grew agitated. He said he couldn't see anything and expressed frustration with us trying to trick him or scare him. I didn't see anything at first. And I said, what do you mean, where? My sister kept pointing, saying she saw someone looking at her from around the tree. The terror that came over me as my sister said she saw someone in the woods thus was unreal. My stranger danger sense senses were on fire and I thought she meant there was another person a stranger in the woods with us suddenly who what are you talking about I was terrified and angry with her for not being clear about what she was seeing she pointed and said there's a little guy looking at us I did not see this little guy at first I was trying to listen for movement I thought we would be able to hear someone walking on the leaves it was late enough in the fall where there were lots of crunchy leaves on the ground and it would be difficult to walk walk quietly and sneak up on someone. I didn't hear the leaves rustling or voices or anything and I didn't see movement and I had no idea what a little guy even meant coming from my nine-year-old sister. My stepbrother was becoming hysterical and angry with her as she excitedly pointed across the woods to an apparent someone who kept crouching down out of sight and then looking back out again. She kept insisting I would be able to see this someone if I really looked hard. Look, she said, and she she put my, my sight at the end of her fingertip so I'd know where to focus, and I saw lights in that direction like the size of a small Christmas, like the size of small Christmas lights. They were kind of floating slowly in a strange suspension as though they were underwater or something. Hard to describe it, but I hope that makes sense. They were a deep pink or magenta kind of color, and they were suddenly obvious in the overcast light of the morning. 
I see lights, I said, my voice shaking. I don't see that, my sister said. I see a little guy by the tree. As the pink lights bounced and floated around, I did start to notice movement that startled me. I did not see a full-fledged little person in great detail like my sister was seeing, but for a few seconds, I was aware of the outline or silhouette of a small being standing no more than about two feet high. It was as though I could see the being was there, but could also see through him. It was very fleeting and confusing. I only witnessed this for a few moments and I was frozen with fear and curiosity and dread all at once. I felt like I did not want his image to get cl to get clearer. Like maybe if he was an ugly or scary looking thing, I didn't want to see him. My sister kept describing something between a goblin from the 1986 film The Labyrinth and E.T. He's a little brown guy and he has big eyes, she said. It was decided that we should leave and go home. Our stepbro was crying. He still says he never saw anything and thinks we made the whole thing up to scare him. I was afraid of what we might see in the pink light and the pink light seemed to be suddenly showing up like fireflies all over the woods. I was feeling like something took notice of us children and they were a little too in interested in us. The forest felt like it was coming alive and closing in on us. The normal noise of wind and trees creak, creaking and birds chirping suddenly seemed amplified and were deafening, perhaps also uh, a symptom of my panic and my fight or flight response kicking in as fear developed. Uh, we became scared and left for home together running like maniacs. I don't actually love it all that much. I don't really subscribe to the idea that fae folk have, fairy, have butterfly wings and grant wishes and are always nice. I think they can be tricky and sometimes downright terrifying. I think our experience was benign, but that we dodged a bullet by deciding to run home instead of waiting to see what happened. And that's the story. Wow, and that was the only time they ever had the, an encounter like that? Yeah, well, she said like years later she thought she saw something on a road by her parents' house like after she had moved out. Wow. But, but yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the story of the Vermont Fae Folk. And this is from Fairfax VT? Yeah, I think that's what it said. Thanks, Alice. That's pretty cool. I, uh, I don't think I've ever seen one myself, but I, I believe. I want to believe. Right. They gotta yeah, be out there. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that. It's metaphysical. But, um, but yeah, man, I got lots of, I got lots of stuff to get into. All right. Lots of info. Let's, let's go, man. Let's do this. I keep saying man. All right. All right. So, okay. the Fae Folk. That's what we call them, you know? Yeah. Also known as the Fair Folk or Fairies. Right. Uh, comes from the Latin word 
Fata, meaning fate. Fate. Okay. So it was believed that since they were magical, like, or enchanted creatures, that they could control one's fate if you, like, stumbled upon one. They could control your fate? Yeah, I guess. I mean... How could they... How could... I thought fate was, like, a fixed thing. Like, uh, how could it be... Yeah, I know. That's what what they're saying. Like, since they're magical, they could mess it up somehow, you know? Oh. Well, that gives... That kind of, like, debunks the whole fate thing to begin with, then, right? If it can be fucked with. I guess so. I don't know. (laughs) Um... And so, like, the fairies that we know today, like the, like the Disney version, that's, that is, like, a total 19th century construct. It's not, it was never a thing. You know, like Tinkerbell, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like a little tiny fairy with twinkly wings and, like, kind of pixie-like. Uh, right. You're saying these fey folk from the, the Greek era, they were... Um, I mean, I don't know. Did they describe how they look? Yeah, I mean, we can get into that um, um, in a minute. Let, let is me, it, are they the same as the Furies, the Fates? Like, like I guess uh, just like the word fairy or fae, like all together. That's where it originates. Yeah, and even like the word fae isn't necessarily, you know, it it doesn't. Um, cover all cultures, you know, like every culture had a different name for these type of be- type of creatures. Yeah, that makes sense. But um, but yeah, so the Fae—they're not just a race of, of people; they're more like a type of being. Kind of godlike? Are we talking, or just mortal, but still uh, like invisible to the mortal eye? Um, yeah, I mean, they could both, I guess. Some people believe that some fey folk were actually worshipped as gods. I got some examples of that later on. Wow. Um, but that these fey folk, even, you know, I'm just going to uh, call them all fey folk. But, yeah, that works. So they're, they're recognized pretty much throughout the world through all these cultures, they all talk of these, like, magical creatures that, like, mess with you, you know? They always seem to mess with you in one way or another. They're not really out there to help you out. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, and then, like, the Fae Folk, they're widely known to hold a strong grip on, like, Western European cultures seem to really... Uh, dwell on fake folklore, superstitions, you know, it's like throughout the Germanic and like Celtic peoples seems to be really popular with them more so than other cultures throughout the world. But so I guess that's would, where we, they would often be um, blamed for people's misfortunes and things like that. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah. No, never for the good though. They don't come and just like hook you up with a, bunch of gold or something i mean that's no not really okay um but yeah like the germanic cultures and the celtic culture you know the 
Celtic people and, and the Germanic cultures throughout. Where we really get our idea of like fairies, you know, like like uh, fairy tale creatures and stuff. Because I, I guess that's what we're. Um, I don't know, closest to so, traditional. Fey folk is an umbrella term that can that can encompass like monsters and stuff too, or is it a very specific kind of? No, it seems to encompass like everything, anything that that is magical. Okay, all right. So I had a different vision of it going in, but but go ahead, I'm I'm listening. Yeah. So yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's like an umbrella term that pretty much encompasses everything that is magical. So you, even though we don't think of like dragons as fae folk, technically you could bunch them in to... No! I don't want to put technically dragons Technically you could, folk. even though, you know, we don't do that. Thank you. But you could. I didn't do that. You know, there's, there's definitely certain types of creatures out there that I would consider fae folk and certain creatures that I wouldn't consider fae folk, you know? Yeah. Uh, and these fake folk, they're believed to uh, to dwell in a land that isn't Earth. So there's like a fey realm oh. where they come from, and for some and they can pass back and forth between the fey realm or the other world um, and Earth, and that they do also live on Earth. Um. Uh, you know, it's kind of confusing, but they can travel back and forth. But they still like to be on Earth. You know, you know what I'm saying? They could travel back and forth, but they like it here on our uh, our, our version, our, our, our plane. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, so I guess this is just kind of like the history of Fae. So uh, before Christianity swept across Europe, the Fae... They were often seen as like Earth's original inhabitants, like um, in pagan beliefs from both Germanic and Celtic peoples. They saw them as spirits born from like the magic of nature. Okay. Or even like the elements themselves. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um. So some pagan cultures that even worship certain fey folk and fey folk like ideals, they would deify them. This is especially true in like Neolithic era. So this would be like way back, way, way, way back. You know, like we're just coming out of um, like the Ice Age is just ending, you know. Yeah. So, like, when bands of Celtic and Germanic and even, like, uh, ancient ancient Greek people, like, like uh, Hellenic, I don't know what you call them. Hellenic, is that what it is? Yeah, I think, like, that, I think that means Greek, yeah, right? Yeah, so they're, like, pretty much, like, coming into, coming together to make these, these villages and towns that will later become these cities that we know today. Yeah. This is very early. So and they they worship their local environments, yes. like the lakes and rivers and mountains that surrounded these villages, and they would personify these natural wonders and turn them into like these magical beings. Well, who's to say that they didn't actually see 
the magical beings themselves, you know? Right. Exactly, you know. I mean, um, it's one thing to call like a waterfall a fairy spirit or or some kind of fae spirit or a mountain or a a forest, but to actually see other you know, extra worldly beings, maybe it's possible that they no, and I'm sure that I'm sure. Like I feel like that's what happened because is there there were all yeah. So we'll I'll use that as a example. So there's like this really majestic waterfall somewhere, you know, and these really early humans they're coming together for the first time in these extended groups, and they see like this I don't know this magical spirit creature that lives within that waterfall, you know. Yes. So they deify it as this waterfall spirit, you know. Separate from the waterfall it- itself. Yeah, separate from the waterfall itself, but se- yeah, separate from the waterfall itself, but also together with the waterfall. So like you couldn't you couldn't separate them. It, it wouldn't just go off somewhere else and be be the same thing. Right. Like that's like where it lives. That's it. Like huh. it, it's the waterfall. The waterfall is it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So we see this beginning in the Neolithic era. So this is like seven thousand to three thousand BCE. Um, and I have like a an example here. So sometime between like four thousand and three thousand BCE, the social order in Greece began to change. Mm. And there were like new technologies were being created, you know, instead of just farming, they're they're starting to incorporate farming villages with these seaside villages. Um, You know, new agricultural centers are booming and like elite classes are being introduced. So this is like the period that we're talking about. And these people, they're starting to tell these stories of these you know like gods from the from wherever they're, they're coming from these creatures these spirits and then those people they hear these stories of these these spirits from the from you know nature and then that that is how you de- you end up deifying um like a fae into you know like a greek god Oh, wait. Okay, okay, okay. Slow down. You're saying that these original fey folk were tr- were ended up becoming the, the the Greek gods that we know of um once the yeah, co- I guess I wasn't I wasn't exactly too clear on that. But yeah, like some of these Greek gods, they could have been or more 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 than likely were fey folk, you know. So they had their origins in in nature basically, right? Like Right. I mean, like, we know that, like, they stand for certain elements um, of the world, you know, like, obviously, thunder and lightning and uh, water and air and things like that. Like, I, I, so it all comes from nature. Right. And this would have been, like, I don't exactly, I couldn't find exactly when these Greek gods uh, were invented as, like, a whole, you know, but... This early period between, you know, um, before 3000 BCE, there were no Greek gods, obviously. But they were worshipping these, these fey folk creatures. 
and it, they just like it was they over time you know they would eventually exaggerate them into these these great gods hmm yeah at least I that's wonder, what it seemed like you said that what i read you said that it has it came alongside the same time that um kind of class systems started coming into effect yeah right yep isn't that interesting they get away from the earth and away from nature as soon as you know the the, the elite class comes in and then they build um gods out of what had previously been creatures that just dwelt right alongside of us i don't know and um so these these faith folk that these or at least i guess this is kind of like what i'm thinking these faith folk that these greek gods would have been like created from we we would know them as like the nymph you know yes so the the water spirits and the and the tree spirits and and things like that yeah so i didn't get like i just i'm just gonna call them the nymph but there's like a different name for like every single place you could you you know one would be like in the mountains or or like the valleys and the yeah these pools and stuff right huh so and as as time went on um did those things get phased out in favor of like the more, I don't know, the more. I mean, the nymphs, they like remained. They did. Um, yeah. So they were like around before and after these, you know, the bigger Greek gods were invented, but. Okay. I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, um, so it's not necessarily, I don't know. It's not necessarily a history of. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say, what am I trying to say? Um, so like in the beginning, you know, there were these, these nature spirits. Well, I'll call them nymph, you know, the nymphs for now. Mm -hmm. And then as people are getting together, you know, they're talking about these spirits that live in the woods, these fae folk. Um, and they start incorporating those faith folk into their religious beliefs and they're, you know, creating these gods out of these faith folk, which, you know, would have been the nymphs. You know, there's some of the, these, these nymphs, there's some of the early, earliest recorded faith folk that we've, you know, know about written down in these, you know, Greek tales and stuff. Um, so... I don't know if that makes sense. Well, yeah, it does so far. I would say, uh, I'd say keep going. I, I get the connection there uh, between the Greek pantheon and the original. And you know, it does. I mean, it's not necessarily just for the Greeks either. Like, no, but the, well, I, that's say, a good example. I I see what you're saying. Right. So if there's nymph, and I don't, I didn't, I didn't get what they were called in Egypt or, or. Um, I did some some research on like Norse beliefs and stuff, but I didn't get like because you know like uh, the Greeks, the Egyptians, the Norse—they're like the major ancient religions that that people talk about. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I would imagine that the Egyptians have a very similar type of faith folk. This is something that encompasses the whole world. Like every culture has 
you know, these fae folk like Crete beings in their mythologies. So I guess I should have looked into some of that, but I didn't. Um, so we'll just, I'll just go over these, these, some stuff about these Greek nymphs, nymphs for now. Um, but I do got a bunch of other stuff too. So let's see here. Uh, yeah, so some of the first recorded fae folk were these nymphs. They're like, you know, we we would they would picture them or uh, depict them as like beautiful female, you know, humans of nature. Yeah. Uh, the, and they were usually bound to a certain natural location, which is where we get like the different names. Like there's like dryads, which were like woodland nymphs. Um. And that was really the only other name I took down, but there's a whole list of list of these different types of nymphs. But uh, you know, people would see them in lush valleys and like the high mountains. Um, you know, beautiful pools of water, shaded groves. Later on, people would talk about them inhabiting certain types of trees. And they're, so all, this is they're when, always women. Is that what, is that right? I mean, that's how uh, like the Greeks would depict them as, you know. So, yeah. I guess what I'm trying to get at, like the depiction that we know of fairies, and what fairies really are, um, we got to like break it down to figure that out, sort of, you know. I hear you. And the fact that. A lot of a lot of like the history of nymph of fae folk and what we know about them has been like Christianized. It's also hard to figure out like an origin point of where they came from. You know. I see. So, kind of hard to figure out, but obviously they were there before humans. And then you got you. Got, it's it's a tricky thing to talk about, I guess. Like I'm getting hung up. Like I want to like try and figure out. Like I I believe these fake folk, they're real. I want to believe they're real. I'm interested to know wh- why they seem to have disappeared from our view. You know, as time has gone on, they, they don't yep. they don't present themselves to us nowadays. Not barely at all. I mean, compared to what we hear about tales from the past where people were just walking right. along in forests and there they were. Right. And a lot of what we do, you know, the stories where people have seen them, hmm. they're, they're what we would call like fairy tales nowadays, you know? Yeah. There's not a whole lot of like ancient stories of of some guy going and like, investigating them like you would like uh, a gorilla or like a rhino or something, you know? Well, they're totally assigned to a, a different a, met, a world that we're not, we don't have access to, you know? I mean, right. it can't be, it can't be scientifically reached with a, with a logical con- proof. So therefore it's like, is it, it's not worth studying, I guess, you know? Yeah. I mean, and yeah. And so the only way that I was really able to get any information on these creatures was through, these, you know, folklore. Hmm. 
Well, that's the, that's the only source that we have, I guess. Um. So yeah, nymphs. I wish I would have took down more names, but so yeah, <laughs> like it. It and like so you got fae folk, which is like an umbrella term for everything magical, and then nymphs are also like an umbrella term for these magical uh, elemental creatures. You know. See, see, I think when I think of fae folk, when I originally did before talking today. I pictured more of the nymph variety or more of like mm, wild um, also creatures of, of the forest and of nature and not necessarily, you know, men or women or any, any specific gender or height or appearance, but somehow humanoid and mm, I don't know. That's just kind right. of my view of them. Yeah. And I mean, and that's the, uh, you know, that's, that's that's I, I feel like that's Disney like you know Disney's take on it sort of I guess so yeah and, uh, the seven dwarves and stuff like that you know right yeah that, I mean kind of a seven dwarf type scenario that's how I that's how I picture it too like these little gnome like creatures walking around yeah gnomes but I mean those are also there's also tales of those as fey folk you know you have like the leprechauns you have gnomes you have oh i want them to have like i don't want them to have disney faces though you know i want them to be like evil looking you know with like oh yeah i mean most of them that i read about i didn't really read the nymphs seemed to be the only ones that were kind of um uh nice i guess they're the only ones that really didn't have it out for mankind it's but but even even though they weren't actively trying to kill people, if like in all the stories we have of you know a male a human uh, human male falling in love with a nymph, it would always turn out bad for the male. Um, well, you know, not necessarily. I mean, they would definitely get to uh, engage in some some fun sporting activities <laughs> a lot of the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but it would all, it would, and all the stories we have, it would always lead to like that humans fall from grace well, or even death. But you also, know? you know, sometimes the offspring of such a union can be, um, a hero in the, in the, you know, uh, the history books. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even, um, look into anything like that i didn't even think of that dude listen about achilles he's the he's the son of um you know achilles like the hero of the trojan war yeah he's the son of a water nymph or a sea nymph and a, and a man a human man really yeah oh man i should have looked into that i feel like i missed out on a whole i mean that's that is common especially in greek mythology right yeah i mean that's that's where you get these nymphs from for sure but yeah, so I'm saying like they, <laughs> you're you're right. It just basically proves your point that those nymphs weren't always bad. You know, there's certain certain good things that came of their association with humans. Yeah, goes the well, other way too. You know, I mean, male nymphs get with a human woman. Everybody's everybody's going cross uh, cross species, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really see anything about any of male nymphs but obviously they were because nymphs was just like another word for fae pretty much you know just a, a whole you know sure um 
So like like the dryad, which is you know the woodland nymph. There's a lot of stories within like Celtic lore, and even like Japanese lore of these creatures. Mm. Like they they were they were really in they really talked about these like uh, woodland spirits. And the same they present the same way as like a human kind yeah, of yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, and that. I guess, you know, I guess that's another, like, you read about them and all these stories that are all supposedly myths and stuff, but they're all very similar. You know, it's almost, they're almost too similar. Like, why are they so similar? Why are all these stories, like, why do the Japanese talk about these same creatures? Well, you know, native, the ancient uh, Greeks do, you know? Indigenous people here in the U.S. are that, um... Their their closeness to nature was what gave them their their gods too, you know. Oh yeah, man! I got a whole off the wall series at the end of it. All right, hold your horses with some stuff. But you know, as I'm reading over my notes right now, I'm getting really stuck on this on this idea of separating, um, you know, the fae of myth. And legends and actual fae. I don't know why I'm getting really caught up on that right now. It seems like you shouldn't even worry about those differences. I mean, that's really kind of a minute thing, right? Yeah. Like, aren't it, you just trying to enlighten is. us on what you know what what your version of fae is, and what, what you know based on the research you've done, different cultures' view of of what they are? No, I, I, I you know what actually, as you're talking right now about that you know what i think it is i want to bullshit i want to bullshit these creatures but i just can't for some reason i can't i can't bring myself to you want to be able i want to do it i want to like prove that these aren't real but i don't know there's something in me that says no like these are these creatures are real well that just means that you're tied to the same tradition as humans that have been for thousands and thousands of years man i mean you want to believe you don't want to debunk the fact that there is some kind of magic at work in the world at large around us all the time, you know? It's not like the hand of God steering things, but like that, that certain elements of nature specifically possess power. And we're, we're pretty much robbed of it nowadays with our um, constant vehicle use and uh, lights and technology. I mean, I don't know if, if you just like abandon all of this you know, the trappings of modern civilization and just retreated into the woods somewhere and uh, you would start seeing fairy folk. But I think it's our brains have been deprogrammed for a long, long time to get out of that mindset, you know? I mean, I love right. thinking about the fact that um, maybe trees and rocks and animals do have spirits that are just as strong as whatever the human spirit is. I don't know. Um, but I definitely... Yeah, I haven't I mean, seen any evidence of it, but I really don't want to call bullshit because that seems like a world that I really wouldn't want to live in. You know, I mean, a barren asteroid wouldn't have any fey folk, but it wouldn't ha- have any life whatsoever except for maybe some some bacteria or something. But um, no, man, no. I want there. To be, <laughs> I want there to be fey folk. I do, and it right. can't be. It can't be proven, and it's not like you have to have faith either. It's not the kind of thing where you're like, I believe 
in God, therefore I'm going to get like some rewards or some shit or like, you know, I'm going to live a better life. It's just like the choice to believe that they're there is not one. I, I, I can't call bullshit on it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I am interested to learn about them though. That's, that's, it's cool. Like I hope that they're here right now. I'm, I, they're not like right now in my, my house or my room, but you know, that they're not too far, that they that they exist. Right. So I guess what I was, yeah. So like the academics, you know, their take on it is as these Neolithic people were getting together, you know, forming these cities that, you know, we know today, they're taking these stories they had of, of, you know, the magic of nature they're creating these, you know, they're uh, personifying it, creating these beings that they would later turn into, you know, the gods of their pantheons. But I think, I think that, I honestly think that there's, you know, they came from somewhere. Like these safe folk are there. They were there. They, you know, these early people saw them. And maybe they did, you know, even then, maybe they were disappearing, you know? Maybe people were just um, tripping out the whole time. <laughs> maybe. But, uh, all right, so so um, we go from the nymph to the elf. Let's do that. Going to elf, yep, yep. So... These, these magical beings, you know, they weren't necessarily called elves or elf. They were known as, as the, the Alfar. And what culture? Like, you know, like Germanic cultures, like the Norse and stuff like that, you know. Gotcha. Um, and even the Celtic tribes, they had their own their own form of, of these elf beings, which we'll get into later. Like that is a whole, you know, ancient Celts, they have a whole, it's actually a really cool story on the, these elf like beings. But, uh, and I cannot, I do not know. Um, what, what language is it that like the Celts would, t- would speak? What is it? Gaelic? Like, I cannot pronounce any of this Gaelic, so... Oh, forget it. I'm not even going to try. But it's like AO, AOSC is what they call them, or something like that. I don't know. AOSC. AOSC. Yeah. No, isn't that totally that wrong, good. I'm sure. It sounds good. Uh, so, yeah. So, why, like, the Alfar and the Oise, you know, they had minor differences. They were ultimately the same type of being so they were like tall pale skinned golden haired beings whose, whose beauty was unmatched you know both so in talking, male and females these are your classic tall beautiful elves yeah in a way I mean like Tolkien yes, uh, of Lord of the Rings like he tried to stick you know he tried to go take from the 
the ancient stories before they were Christianized. So he tried to stay true to the original, you know, the original lore. Damn it. Um, I'm jealous of elves, man. They're so cool. <laughs> so they lived in an elf, an elf mirror. Yeah. That was like their Germanic name, like the Norse, the Norse realm where they came from. And they were, they were often um, seen within like deep forests and along the banks of like hard to reach, you know, fjords and. Along the bank. Of the hard-to-reach fjord. <laughs> uh, so historical texts, they're vague on, like, how the, the Alfar acted around or, like, towards these ancient Norse. And their stories, um, pretty much what we know of them, were recorded through, like, a Christianized eye. Mm-hmm. And so those writers, they they had a hard time with the concept of of someone who could be neither good or evil, you know. Yeah. So they wanted to. They they pretty much broke. You'll hear about like dark elves and light elves a lot, you know. Yes. And so the dark elves and the and tech, I guess technically the light elves. This this is this is like a Christian concept. So they wanted, you know, like good and evil, like angels and demons. Yeah. So there really, there was no such thing as a dark elf or a light elf. You know, they were, they were gray. They would have been gray elves, you know? Yeah. They didn't really have any moral alignment as we, as we know it. Right. Yeah. Um, but what we do pretty much know is they considered themselves above mankind well, they damn sure are. <laughs> so their actions would often neg- you know, negatively affect mankind. You know, like if, if you came across an elf in the woods, he'd be like somewhat indifferent towards you. So- and while he's not technically wouldn't be evil, he might like, you know, do something mean to you. To get, you know, get you away from him or whatever, you know? They're just bullies with a superiority complex. Pretty much, yeah. Well, fuck elves then. I don't want to be one after all. No, dude, they helped. They they got, they helped uh, humankind by uh, making sure the ring of power got destroyed. (laughs) Sure. Um, That's true. But they also, quite similar to the Greek nymphs. So, we... You know, from all from what we know of these these uh, northern, you know, Alfar, the elves from like Norse mythology, they're they're pretty damn close to the nymphs of of Greek lore. And they would they would get together with humans the same way. I didn't see any 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 lore stories about anything like that. Well, uh, okay, fine, fine, but I bet you there are stories. Really, all I could really find on them was how, like, you know, Christian historians just had a, like, they could not understand this dual nature. It's really, like, 
pretty much a lot of what I could find. But there was, you know, in the, the Arthurian lore, apparently, yeah. and this, this is just lore, obviously, or maybe it's not, but apparently Merlin fell in love with an elf. He was just so infatuated with her, with this elf maiden. She apparently trapped him in the forest and then tried to kill him. Merlin? I guess, I mean, I guess that's how the story goes. Wow. Um, and then if we come into like, no, if we, we look at elves through a modern lens, like construction crews in Iceland, they'll specifically go in, out of their way to avoid blowing up like large boulders and shit um, when they're building roads because they believe that that's where the, the elves dwell and they don't want to, you know, disturb the elves. You mean to this day? Yeah, like to this day. Wow. Good for them. I I respect that. Um, and so let's get into some Celtic elves here. Yeah, dude. So they are called. Okay, I heard it. I heard it pronounced two different ways: the Tuatha Dé Danna or the the Tuatha Dé Danna. I, I don't like really know which. I don't really know which one's right. Okay. But I'm gonna call them the Tuatha Dé Danna. Yeah. Um. So this would this translate to folk folk of folk of the goddess. Uh, Danu I couldn't really figure out who Danu was other than like um, a generalized uh, pagan goddess you know um, and so they would play a major role in Irish folklore mm. um, so much like the North the North elves uh, the two day Donna they come from a world or or a realm that's different from Earth. It was called the Other World, and some people say that it was located across the sea, and other other people say it was a realm, you know, a different realm altogether. Uh huh. Um. So, they resembled humans. But they were they had like godlike abilities. And they chose to settle Ireland sometime at so this this is Christianized again. They chose to settle Ireland at some point after the Great Flood. You know, like everyone was washed out, you know, there weren't people around. Somehow these 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 uh these de Donna folk survived the Great Flood and they chose to repopulate Ireland. Uh huh. And, um, and so even this takes place after the Great Flood and that they're technically considered like the people who repopulated Ireland. There were, there were three other tribes who already lived 
who already lived there. And these two had the Daydana, they like went to war against these tribes. And, you know, I, I guess they eventually won. And they're, you know, I guess you could consider them, you know, the ancestors of modern day Irish folk, but that's not technically what they really are, but. Yeah, they were they were godlike beings. They were immortal. They had the ability to shape shift, command the weather, uh, control the fertility of the land, as well as choose whether they wanted to be seen by humans or not. Um, some Christian writers who wrote of them described them as fallen angels, neither loyal to Lucifer or to God. Um, but that's not how they were always depicted. That was just pretty much that was their uh, Christianized depiction. Um, so the, so the, Lord, the what the Christian depiction of these spirit gods? Why 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 would Christians be depicting them at all? Just to, as like it was just like that was who was there. Uh, before um so nobody was really writing this stuff down until these christian historians came in you know to record these tales i see okay yeah, yeah. and they had a hard time with the whole you know good and you know being uh, gotcha. good and evil together yes so did, they kind of did the old gods were they demanding like human sacrifice and stuff like that? I didn't read anything about that. Oh, I was just um, wondering if they were like really requiring like a lot of blood. No, I mean, no technically they weren't, um, war, you know, worshipped as gods. They were like the original inhabitants of okay, I see. of Ireland. Yes, right. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. But uh, I guess there's a couple of them who are who were eventually deified. Um, so like back when they were recording this kind of stuff it was these Christian historians that were doing it and like nowadays we can we can we can always look further back in time to like the original the original story because we figured out you know how to translate all this stuff but when like these stories were being written down um it was just by these Christian, Christian folk. Who ended it was up kind of like two over. different tales that go together almost. I see. Well, listen, dude. Let's take a short break. I got to get up and uh, heat up some tea water. All right. Uh, give me a minute. We'll be right back. Okay. All right, Nicholas. Your go for almost canon. All right. <clears throat> so yes, the two acid day Donna, you know, these Irish, uh, Elvic, Elvish beings of, of Irish folklore. Um, so it's recorded that they, that they, they came to Ireland on the, the ships that rode atop these dark 
black clouds and that they landed on um i didn't get the the exact name of the mountain but it it pretty much translates to iron mountain and it's in latrine apparently that's a a county in ireland i don't know like dude i'm not good at pronouncing uh these faraway lands just give it your best man i just did that was my best that was my best. Okay. So, yeah, they landed on these ships. They came in these ships. They land on this mountain. And then they, it said that the, this dark, these dark clouds remained for three days after their arrival. Um, and uh, the Christianized version is these clouds remained because they, they burnt the ships that they arrived on. So that they wouldn't be tempted to return home. Um, you know, the pagan belief is that they don't this this black smoke was just magical, you know. Yeah. They didn't really know what it was. Um, so it's known that they built their homes in many of the the, bur- the burial mounds that that you know scatter Ireland, and these things called fairy forts that dot the landscape as well. And they were supposedly able to, to like open these portals that they could travel back to this other world through these these mounds. I feel like if anywhere on the earth, Ireland is the most um, likely to have a higher, higher than average abundance of fae folk. Right. So that's kind of what I was talking about earlier, how, how our idea of fae folk really come from these these celtic and uh you know germanic stories that we know yeah which you know technically is true but you know the faithful come from all over the world um and so while we know that these two at the day donna they they arrived in ireland on these ships through the stories that were told about them, it's also known that they brought four magical treasures to Ireland with them. They brought the uh, the Dagda's Cauldron, which was said to be able to create endless amounts of food and drink for those who were worthy, as well as heal those who have been wounded. Um, there was the Spear of, of Lug, which would always strike true and it b- belonged in the hands of the two Day's king. It was the Stone of Destiny, which stood at uh, the top of the hill at Tara. Um, it said that the Stone of Destiny would choose whether the king or island was worthy or not. Like It could tell if the king was worthy to be king. Um, and it would also, and if the king was worthy, it would grant that king certain powers. And to this day, you know, members of the royal family during their coronation, they have this stone underneath, you know, the throne or wherever they're being coronated from. Wow. So they still have the stone. Like, they know where the stone is, you know. Um, and then there was the Sword of Light, which shows up in a lot of, it's like a quest item that shows up in a lot of lore. It's supposed to be like be able to 
to uh, to find the truth, you know, in like a sea of lies. Wow. And so that's pretty much the two at the day. They're like, you know, this this godlike, fairy-like being who inhabited early Ireland. So now let's get into things that are probably more what you were thinking about. Um, what I would, you know, think about when I think of fairy folk. Yeah. And I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to call them the hidden ones, you know. Yes, I like that. So while we technically, you know, everything's been Disney-fied, we think of fairies as like, you know, the Tinkerbell, like, you know, tiny little women and girls in green leaf dresses that fly around with butterfly wings and sparkle, you know, fairy dust. Right. Well, that, you know, technically that's true. It's also, you know, something that was invented within the 19th century. Uh, true fae folk, as in the ones told to us through the millennia, take many shapes and sizes. So there's pretty much two uh, classifications of fae folk. There's trooping fairies, which are the type of fae folk who travel in large groups and like to like dance around and stuff. And then there's the solitary fae who uh, roam the earth alone. Yeah. And an example of like a solitary fae would be like the Banshee, which is of Irish lore. Poor Banshees. And I actually have a, a family. Let's see if I can bring it up really quick. We have a family friend who is from Ireland. And I got some information from her. This you want? This is what she says. Yeah. So this, she's from Ireland. She grew up there and everything. Uh, she says, the Banshee is a lady who cries for those who are about to die. She typically follows old families. And prior to the, the death of a family member, she'll, she will be heard not by the person who will die, but by, by others of the family. Um, she says, my father had heard the cry and came in and asked us to come out with him. Uh, we went down into the field and could hear a high-pitched female screaming, like wailing sound. My father said it was her. The sound traveled up the lower field towards us. Oh, my goodness, me and mine. <laughs> she says, we ran back in the house. My father was laughing behind us. Uh, but if it was her, it was a very eerie sound. And then she goes on, you know, she said, my father had numerous stories of her crying outside the house. Ooh. Yeah, and like, like it would wake them up at night. Banshees. So that's the banshee. Banshees are scary, man. I wouldn't want one. I wouldn't want one howling around my house. I know that. And well, she says she's like a predictor of death. So she oh she great. cries, she cries for the soul yeah. um, of those who will who will soon pass. Damn. But when they pass, does she leave? Does she what? Does she go away? I mean, yeah. 
until another one's gonna die soon, you know? Wow, what a miserable existence. And like, I've heard her tell that story before, like in person. Right. And it, like when I was a kid and it always creeped me out. Like it was always something I remembered. This is very scary. Um, there's stories of the brownie, which is like a small creature with big eyes and pointed ears. Oh, I love that guy. So you, I know you're not a fan of Harry Potter. No, I know, uh, but you're, you're going to say it's like that little uh, house elf. Yeah, like the little house elf. What's his name? Shelob? Um, Quizzlefix? <laughs> I forget. Quizzlefix? I don't know. <laughs> no. Dobby. Stitchmeister. Dobby. Dobby, there you go. Stitchmeister? I don't know. Yeah, so they're known to uh, continuously clean a home as long as they're rewarded what? with food and drink. And if they aren't, they would like rearrange and hide objects throughout the house. Wow. Um, and then you have the changelings who are deformed. And this is an Irish lore too. And they are deformed or sick fae uh, children who have been swapped out for human children. Whoa. Um, yeah, it's incredibly hard to tell the two apart. Ooh, that's creepy. But the changeling child is will will eventually start growing hair in places uh like there's not supposed to be hair. Why? And its eye colors will often change. Whoa! They'll never stop eating or throwing like fits, like destructive fits. Whoa! Yeah. Hmm. Um. So one story here. I got. Uh, one story from this popular tale of the West Highlands by F.J. Campbell says this must be an a- ancestor of yours. I don't know um, what you're talking about. My last name's Roberts. You know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry. Says the old man instructed him to take several broken eggshells and fill them with water then place them carefully around the hearth in the boy's room. He did so. And within no time, the boy was jumping from his bed in a fit of laughter, shouting, I have been alive for 800 years. I have never seen anything with the likes of this. Hearing that, the father pushed the changeling into the fire and it shot up the chimney. The real boy was spit out from the fairy mound nearby at that very moment. And the father and son were soon after reunited. So... Okay. Apparently, eggshells is a way to. I guess you just gotta make them laugh. Like there's something really fucking weird to make them laugh. Um, and there's another famous famous changeling story that takes place in 1895, where a young woman named Bridget Cleary, she was slowly murdered by her husband after being tortured for several days. Oh, no. Because uh, they both, her, her husband and her family, members of her family, believed that a changeling had taken Bridget and, like, switched places because Bridget had become sick after a walk. She, like, I think, I think she sold, uh, she sold something and she would have to deliver them, you know, she'd have to go out and deliver this stuff. And she would had to walk home in the rain and she got sick. 
and she remained sick for several days, you know. And so her husband was like, oh, she's a changeling. Yeah, and that's a logical place to go from, for that. Yeah, uh, right. He ended up burning her to death. So he like slowly tortured her for several days. Come on. And then on. lit her on fire. I think this person yeah. was just depraved to begin with. I mean, and they were all arrested and everything. That's good. But like, I mean, it was the belief up until quite recently, you know, this changeling lore. Like, we could do a whole episode on Bridget Cleary, actually. It's quite interesting. Yeah. Um, a hidden folk from around our area is the Puckwudgie. Have you ever heard of the Puckwudgie? Yeah, like once or twice that I've heard that. What is it? So this is like, this could be what um, the listener in the story at the beginning of the episode could have saw, Puckwudgie. So it's like a little woodland creature of Wampanoag lore. Uh, you know, he's found along the, the east, you know, the northern east coast. You know, around the New England area, us obviously. Yeah. So they were the Puckwudgie was once friendly to man, but was banished by the hero giant Moshop. Uh, and after that, they turned against mankind, and they're pretty much devoted to like tricking man. Hmm. So and what, is North, this, what does he look like? What? Is Puckwudgie? All right. Yeah. So. They're often seen as porcupines from the back. Like, if you see them from the back, it looks like a porcupine. But when viewed from the front, they're like half troll, half human-like creature. And they're known to start, like, random fires in the woods with the aim of drawing, like, hikers deeper into the forest, where I guess they're apparently known for pushing people off cliffs to their death. And how, how tall are they? Just like little things, you know. Like porcupine height? Yeah, I mean, they can't be very tall. A couple feet, maybe. Mm. Um, and the most famous Puckwudgie encounter happened happened late at night in a place known as the Bridgewater Triangle in Massachusetts to a man while he was walking his dog. <gasps> I'm going to try to play this. Let's see how good this comes in over the the dongle. Nick, you there, dude? Yeah, no, I'm here. I'm Whoa. just playing this. No, it's not coming through at all. What, it's not? No, nothing. Ah, I thought you said it was. Uh, no, no, I hear you, but I don't hear anything from YouTube at all. Fuck. Damn it. I wanted it to come through. Uh, you can just, is there like an audio output settings on your, um, app there? I don't know. I don't know how no, to do it. Yeah, I was just calling. I was just calling. I was trying to play it over the thing, but it's really quiet. That's why I was telling you, you got to stop playing the guitar, but it's not very loud at all. So no, it's, it's coming it's through like zero. Yeah. Anyway, so it's a story about this guy who's walking his dog uh, he said he gets out of work real late. Um, so he's walking his dog around midnight and his dog gets scared all of a sudden. He goes down this new trail that they don't usually go down. Like he's got, you know, his usual route that he does. He right. walks his dog and he goes down this new trail 
and this dog gets really nervous all, all of a sudden. And then they see this little creature come out of the woods um, further down the trail. Right. The creature... I keep saying, I can't, I'm not really drunk or anything right now, I swear to you. But now I keep thinking I see little shadows and stuff. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Well, this little creature, creature was like, uh, it goes, it goes, he wants you. He wants you. Um, and he keeps saying that to the guy. And the guy's like, starts freaking out and walks away. And he's like thinking of, you know, he's over the next couple of days thinking about it. And he's, he comes to realize that this little punk wedgie creature was, was saying, we want you, we want you. And then apparently he kept also saying, come here, come here. So he was thinking like, we want you come here, come here. Yeah. And so that's, that's the story. Oh, like that's why I wanted to play it on YouTube. Cause he tells it way better than I do. Like, no, that's that's cool. I I just thought when you because you were saying like we want you that there was gonna be a different meaning that I didn't I didn't get. No, because it didn't sound it didn't sound like we want you. It was like e want you. Oh, I don't know. Oh, so they were speaking like a very basic. Yeah, like very English. choppy English. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's the Pukwudgie, and there's another called the Duendi. Have you ever heard of this? No. So the Duendi is like uh, a fae folk found. It's in Iberian lore, which is like you know, like Spain and Portugal. Mm-hmm. Part of, you know, and I guess southern France is in that is in that kind of area. Sure. Um. So the Duende shows up in like uh, um, a lot of like Spanish lore from like Mexico and like the, the Southwest. And it's this little creature and oftentimes, you know, it'll um, kind of resembles like a dwarf and it'll do work for you around the house. You have to like pay it. You have to give it something, and if you don't, it like it'll fuck your shit up. Like it'll kill all your animals and stuff, you know. But it'll do good things for you if you if you keep it happy. Yeah. All right. I mean, it'll do all it'll do all the work around the farm. Uh, I guess I don't as long as you're. I think I think it likes milk. Like it it loves milk for some reason. So you leave milk out for it. It makes it happy. It'll keep doing this stuff for you. But if you know if you don't. It's going to fuck your shit up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those are really the only ones that I brought up that I, um, oh, and I was just reading this. And apparently, uh, it likes to live in the walls of children's bedrooms. Oh, God, and it's no. it's known to, to clip the toenails of unkempt kids. Oh! And sometimes it even accidentally cuts the whole toe off. Oh, damn. Why? Why does it do that? I don't know. <laughs> Man, these things are freaks. Freaks. So yeah, those are some of the ones that I, I mean, there, there's tons. You know, you have like stories of the dwarves and of, of, uh, 
I like the stories of the uh, the kobolds. Have you ever heard of them? I've heard of kobolds, but I don't know anything about them really. They're like little goblin creatures that live. They look like goblins, apparently. They live, you know, they dwell in like mines down underground. I mean, I've definitely fought them on lots of uh, RPGs and and tabletop games and stuff. Kobolds, right. they're, they're they're classically uh, not super friendly. Yeah, yeah so it's kind of like an evil dwarf. Like an evil dwarf that looks like a goblin, you know? Yeah, little mean guys. Right. Um, Kobolds. So That's cool. Just, yeah, so Kobolds was another one that I liked. And apparently, there's been a recent, like, influx of, of gnome stories on the internet. Really? Yeah, like evil gnomes. <laughs> oh. Um... But yeah, I mean, you maybe, know, maybe what fairies. people maybe what people perceive as far as like negative spirits and things, it kind of reflects the the situation that they're in, you know. Like we're seeing gnomes now because uh, I don't know whatever situation we've put ourselves in as humans. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I'd rather see nymphs and stuff, but I guess we're not getting that. <laughs> no, we're just getting the evil stuff. I mean, it's not even evil. They're not necessarily evil, you know? Yeah, but they're not there to, like, look all pretty and um, have our children. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What if you had, like, what if Holden was, like, an Achilles? There you go. He, he might be, I mean, are you or your wife, like, part um, nymph? I'd like to think. That I'm part nympho. There you go. You're halfway there. I mean, you're you're more <laughs> than halfway. Just kidding. But uh, so yeah. I mean, I'm glad any, you said just kidding, dude. Thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> I was gonna be like, any, well, like any creature that that's in like, you know, your kitty fairy tale is like, you know, a, a fae folk that was told about. In a much darker version, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I like the and evil like, ones. I do. Like the Grim, uh, the Grim brothers, right? Mm-hmm. So they would have took. They would have. Re- they recorded all these these fae folk, in the stories that we know today. You know. Sure. Um, so let's get into a little bit of fairy lore, really quick. Apparently, apparently you are never supposed to make a deal with a fae folk. That's like rule number one. Nope. I never make a deal. I am throwing that one right out the window. Goodbye. (laughs) Um, They're master manipulators. They will always get what they want. I'm making a deal. And they will always, well, they always get what they want. And then they, you don't ever get what you want. Pretty Uh, much, you know. We'll see. We will see. And I came across, uh, I should have wrote it down because I forget what it is now, but there's certain words you should never say around fae folk. Like, uh, don't thank call you, them like, fae folk. Like, I think thank you was one word you should never say. Oh. You, you should always say, I appreciate that. You should never say thank you. Really? Apparently, because that implies that you owe them something, you know? That's very You rude. say thank you, that means. 
that means you owe them for whatever you're thanking them for. Type of deal, you know? I see. I don't well, care, I man. To... I'm gonna I'm gonna make a deal with one and then I'm gonna thank it. <laughs> Good my, luck. That's my plan. Well, first you gotta find one. Done and dusted. Um so yeah. Never make a deal with a fae folk. Gotcha. Never eat fairy food. Ooh, dude, this sounds like song lyrics. I'm sorry. What? Never make a deal with the fae folk. Never eat fairy food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's usually like so if you're in the if you find yourself in the fae realm and you eat fae food, and if you're you find there. yourself in the fae realm and you eat fairy food, you'll be stuck, stuck there. there. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I, I don't ask me how they figure that out. Um, cuz if you, if someone was to be there and they eat the fae food, how do we know that you can't come back? Like uh, I'll do it. You know what I mean? Cuz they they obviously weren't able to come back to tell us that you can't come back right but uh and then if you eat fey food in the human world in the human realm in our realm um it's usually usually something really gross that's been like bedazzled into looking like something really good you know could it be like a piece of um uh like a like a bright patch of mold that's growing upon another mold yeah, so it's usually like sticks or leaves or something yeah. that's made to look real good. Mm. Um, and the whole book. Oh. Uh oh. What? My heater just randomly died. I what? got fucking Faye in under the hood of my car. See, that's what. Yep, yeah. you're talking about them, and they're creeping right up on you. Um, I keep hearing noises too, man. I'm alone so tonight. Yeah. I don't have Darcy here to protect me. So there's a good book by this guy named Joshua Cutchins. Eh. Uh, what is it called? And I write it down. I might have written it down somewhere. It's really, it's a super good book. Uh, What's his name? Joseph Cutchins? I think his name's Joshua Cutchins. Joshua. Hutchins, gotcha. Fuck, I can't find what it's called, but it's a really good book. It's all about, like, fae folk food. And, like, why you're not supposed to eat it. But, uh... I know, but that makes me want to. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's pretty much, like, the major l- rules that I got on fae folk. You never make a deal with them and don't eat their food. Okay, well, I'm breaking, like I said, I said it before, I'm breaking both those rules. And, um, so the next thing I wanted to bring up really quick was the idea of the jinn, the Middle Eastern jinn. So, you know, we talked about, like, Celtic lore and Germanic lore. Um, but we didn't talk about, like, Middle Eastern lore. And so they have these creatures known as the jinn who, you know, they're born of smokeless flame. They're neither good or evil. You know, some of them are 
some of them are evil, but you know, most of them are neither good or evil. They're these magical beings and they're recognized as not being angels or demons, but just a thing of their, their you know, they're just the jinn. So, you know, much like say that we know in Europe, you know, European lore, they have the jinn and the jinn are, they're very interesting. We, I want to do a whole topic on the jinn themselves. Like they have their own rules. Um, they have their own kinds. So the jinn is like an umbrella term. There's many different, you know, people have, have found many different types of jinn. We would know the jinn as like, the genie from from Aladdin, yeah. you know. It's possessed by some kind of vessel. Like the spirit, its essence exists in some kind of bottle. Well, I mean, lamp or that, that's the jinn from genie from uh, right. a. That's like a genie from Aladdin, but a real jinn is is just like a fae. Like it doesn't have to be within a bottle. Oh. Um, it pretty much just wanders the earth you know some of them are very powerful king solomon was said to have been able to control these jinn um so they're very similar to say folk but we'll save that for a, a whole another whole another episode and, all right so the favorite you know, it's thought to be a different dimension. We obviously can't reach it. They can cross from one, you know, the Fey realm to the Earth through like portals that yeah. they can open up on their own. You know, we don't really know what the Fey realm is. It's obvious, you know. I just want to believe there are as many of them now as there always have been. What? I said I just want to believe that there are as many of them now as there always have been. You know, oh, yeah. I don't oh, want. Here's to, the, I don't want them to sorry. have decreased. Go ahead, go ahead. Here's here's the book. I got the name of the book right here. Go it's for called it. A Trojan Feast: The Food and Drink Offerings of Aliens, Fairies, and Sasquatch oh. by Joshua Cutchins. Okay, that sounds like a good read. Yeah, I mean it's pretty interesting. Yeah, I've, li- I've I haven't read it, but I listened to uh, him talk about it on. Several different podcasts. Cool. Um, so some popular fae folk that, that we would know about, you know, from lore would be like Baba Yaga. I don't know if you've heard of Baba Yaga. Yeah, little Jimmy mentioned her a little while ago. Yeah, so she's like a Russian uh, forest witch, you know. Um, th- there's the gray man. He's from like, uh, Scotland, kind of like a, like a Sasquatch like creature. And then also from, um, from like, uh, England, they have the wood woes, which wood. they're like, yeah, they're like, uh, kind of like Bigfoot like creatures made of leaves almost. And then from like the Arthur, Arthurian lore, you have like the Lady of the Lake. Yeah. Who like gifted Arthur Excalibur, carried his body to Avalon. 
Why did she do that? I don't know, but there's also several other ladies, ladies of the lake, you know, like it's a very popular concept in itself. Yeah. I guess in like uh, upper Austria, there's a lake called Tronis. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't pronounce that either. But uh, I guess the people who live around the lake, they believe when fishermen go missing, uh, it's because the lady of the lake got them. Oh. Um, and then this pretty much brings me to my off the wall. Oh. Uh, wait, you're getting into off the wall? Wall, 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 wall. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I guess we can cover one other thing that I was going to include in the off the wall, but I'll just cover it here. Go so, like, like Bigfoot. Yeah. I often, I want to, like, this is my belief in what Bigfoot is. I think it's a fey folk creature. Whoa. Obviously, a being of, you know, would be like a forest nymph of some kind, you know? Like, he's a creature of the woods. That makes sense. I get that. Like, uh, Native Americans, they talk about him having a lot of magical abilities. You know, like, he's able to... um, Disappear. They talk about him being... They even talk about him being a nature spirit, or a guardian spirit of the woods. Yeah, and he reveals himself every once in a while. Yeah, like... People have followed, like, people have seen it, like, footprint, like, whether you believe in it or not, just bear with me. You know, people have followed, they call them track lines, where they followed Bigfoot footprints through the woods for miles. Yeah. Um, and then they just randomly disappear. And there's nothing around them. There's, you know, it's just right. like it just disappeared. Wow. So what if it's like passing through these portals, you know, like it can open up these portals seems to like appear and disappear right or maybe it can just control when it appears and disappears and it's just fucking with the humans that it knows are trying to track it or that too i mean if it's a fake it can do whatever it wants yeah you don't need a portal like, just go in and out of the dimensions or the like in plane in this top uh in like the bigfoot community they they call it the woo like like there's the people who believe that bigfoot is just an ape, like an ape-like creature. Right. That for some reason, one reason or another, we just can't, you know, find it. And then mm. there's other people who believe in the woo. Like there's some sort of magic about this creature, you know? Well, I don't and, see why I don't see why not. Yeah, I mean when I was a younger, when I was a kid, you know, I always thought that it was just a, an animal. But from like stories that I've listened to, this it has obviously. Oh shit! Sorry. Hey, uh, go back like one minute. I uh, just dropped the phone by accident. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just saying like when I was a kid, I always thought that. When I was a kid, I always thought that Bigfoot was just an animal, you know? Gotcha. But now that I've listened to all these stories, 
I think there's something else about him. He's definitely got some sort of magical ability. And I, I, I used to want to think that he was an alien that was dropped off on Earth, you know, 100,000 years ago. I'd say all three of those are equally plausible. If you're already supposing, presupposing that Bigfoot is a thing, like a legitimate thing, then any of those things could be possible. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think nowadays, I definitely think it's some sort of fae-like being. Why not? Um, so yeah, that brings me to my off the wall. Do it! Alright, so. Let me give you a soundtrack, dude. Um, I don't really know anyway, anything really. Alright. So, like, here's what I'm thinking. People in power, what do they want more power? You know what I mean? We're always talking about these, these alien overlords that are truly, you know, running the show from behind closed doors. Mm. What if it's not aliens? Okay. What if it's fake? What if it's some sort of higher fae being who's like super powerful, you know, they've unlocked the, the powers of the earth. They've got these crazy magical abilities. You know, they're humans. They want this power. These people that are in charge, they want more power. You know, they've made a deal with this, this being. Um, you know what I mean? You know what I'm getting at? Yeah, you're saying that these things, instead of there being aliens or any other kind of intervention, it's coming from, it's coming from within, man. It's coming from on the planet. Right. Like, they've unlocked, like, magic. Like, true, true magic. Hold on. I hope that's true. I'm going to be done in just a minute. I'm going to be done in just a minute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You get him a team? Alright. What? Oh, yeah. No, okay. side check for a second you're good so yeah so you know and they're always talking about angels and demons and obviously you know these christian historians they they christianize the faith folk by classifying them as angels and demons what if they were already angels and demons but and, you know, instead of looking at it through a Christian lens, looking at it through a pagan lens. And, you know, there's evil fae, there's good fae. You know what I mean? I do. So there, there, 
just like they've been here all along. They're controlling things. Why do they have to be in control, though? I mean, I get that they could be like guiding things. Well, you know, like if there's like a Lucifer Fay, mm. that motherfucker wants to take over the world, you know. All right. But what would that, what would, what would he be gaining from that? And what, wouldn't all the other Fae stand to lose everything? <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe they are harvesting, you know, blood sacrifices and, and shit. I don't know what they get out of it. I haven't figured that much out yet. But. <laughs> well, I guess, fuck, you know, I already said I would make a deal with it. <laughs> Uh, I guess I'm going to be sacrificing my blood to it. Yeah. Uh, you might you might want to second guess that. I mean, I'm uh, I'm sure there's good ones, you know. There's good powerful ones, there's bad powerful ones. Hey, it's maybe just, a good one will come. That would be cool. Yeah, like instead of there being like an ancient battle over mankind fought by angels and demons, it's always been fought by faith folk. You know? Yeah, there's some there's some nasty characters out there, and there's some ones that are just like, ah, whatever, we'll help, we'll help out. Maybe even Jesus was the son of a nymph. Okay, there a you go. A nymph male. That would explain the... Um, and Mary. That would explain you know? the immaculate conception. I mean, these are some radical thoughts. Like, I don't want to offend anyone. You're off the wall, dude. You're off the wall. What can I say? But, yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. Like, if like they were here long before we were you know they're almost like they were almost here from the beginning you know think of like uh like uh pennywise from it like you know how he's like this cosmic this ancient cosmic monster type of deal you know yeah that's how i picture it like these safe folk they've been here powerful and that's it they're here I like it they were here long ago they're still here today I'm calling the opposite of bullshit here man I don't really subscribe to any beliefs of, of outside intervention but that sounds like a great one to me I would love to believe in um, yeah in the existence of faith folk I certainly don't subscribe to any kind of Judeo-Christianic tradition. <laughs> That's for goddamn sure. Yeah, and you know, that's another thing. Like, like uh, um, Islam is still, it's a Abrahamic religion, right. you know. And right. they have carved out a little space for the jinn within that religion. Okay. So, like... They obviously recognize that these creatures were here, you know, you know, uh, we're here, still are here. They came from somewhere. It, it, it says they were born of smokeless fire. Ooh. No, they're, All they right, talk let's, about let's their being save, very Let's save the gins, dude. Let's do a separate episode on that. Yeah, we will. We will. I'm just saying, like, like. Islam recognizes there being these uh, I see. these these fey folk. I don't know why Christianity can't recognize it. I think it, I think it I think it all comes down to the Vatican, um, and the Vatican's control over 
all things Christianity. But yeah, the faith folk. Well. They've been here. They're still here. Don't forget about them. I'm 100% on board with you this time, Nico. And uh, I think that's almost canon. Thank you.